Super Talk Mississippi media production. Southern Miss fans know the number one stop for Golden Eagle Apparel is Campus Book Mart on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Baseball, basketball, football, Campus Book Mart has it covered with clothing to fit the young and old, big and small Golden Eagle in your family. You can visit the store on Hardy Street, shop online at campusbookmart.net, or call in your order and have it mailed to your front door. However you choose to buy, always visit Campus Book Mart first. You won't be sorry. Campus Book Mart and Southern Miss, to the top. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, everybody. It is a Super Tuesday on the Super Talk Eagle Hour. We're glad you're with us. Historic activities over the last 24 hours for Southern Miss baseball. We're going to cover all of it in the next few days to come. Lots of player interviews today and tomorrow that you're not going to hear anywhere else. Uh, We'll also be hearing from Scott Berry here in just a few moments. And even a player from the opposing team. Going to make an appearance on the Eagle Hour later. But right now, we want to welcome Jeremy McLean, Athletics Director, to the Eagle Hour and the Southern Bank Corps Studios. That's where Kelly and I are at. And Jeremy, first of all, thank you very much uh, for your time. I know there's a lot on your plate right now, uh, and we appreciate you always taking the time to talk to us. No, you bet, guys. Appreciate the opportunity. All right. So, Jeremy, a couple questions uh, right out of the gate. When did you know uh, Southern Miss was going to get the Super Regional? And what what is the process exactly uh, that's entailed in securing that? Uh, Well, I knew not long before everyone else knew, quite honestly. I um, kind of got wind of it a little bit early, but um, I didn't have a a big heads up. So I kind of learned about it this morning and and, uh, obviously excited about that. The process itself, it's a little different when you have two regionals that are matched up that produce the same seed. So in this case, um, you know, you got two number two seeds and really then it goes back to the committee for an evaluation process. And, uh, you know, that evaluation includes, um, bids that were submitted several weeks ago. Um, and you know, resumes of, of, of both teams, you know, a comparison of, of the teams themselves. So there's a lot that goes into it. They take they take a look at the big picture, and then make a decision on on who has earned the host opportunity. Did they give you any indication how they made the decision, or did they just say we're sending the tournament to you? Yeah, basically just hey, you 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 got it, and uh, you know, not not a bunch of detail other than what I just shared. You know, as far as kind of knowing what the criteria is, um, and so we felt good about that. We felt good about. You know our bid and um, the history from last year of what we were able to do and the amount of revenue that was created, the number of tickets we sold, the atmosphere that was created. Uh, we felt really confident about that, and really felt confident about uh, our resume. I, I felt like our body of work over the course of the season. Um, you know, if you kind of looked at the numbers across the board, I felt really good about where we were there too. So uh, I was optimistic. Uh, you're never fully confident in those situations, but. 
uh, I was very optimistic about the opportunity. Jeremy, we talked to several coaches ac- across the across the board as far as uh, regionals are concerned about what to do about future selection, the process of teams getting into regionals. You know, Campbell did not get to host a regional. The Eagles didn't get to. There were some other schools that were in the discussion. And some schools got regionals that many thought shouldn't have. And the general discussion was, well, maybe, you know, to play – these at at neutral sites like they do in the basketball tournament. Other people said have selection committee members from schools that that don't have strong baseball programs or or maybe not people from the southeast or so on. What's the magic the magic bullet here, or is there one? What could be done better? Yeah, I don't know if there's ever a magic bullet. I'll tell you this: I think college baseball, these regionals and, and tournaments themselves. Uh, when it comes to postseason, need to be played on campuses. I think, I think it's what's best for the game. I think creating the right environment is important. I think if we want to continue to grow the game, that's going to be important to us. And so I don't, I'm not a big fan of the neutral site option. Obviously, until until you get to Omaha. Uh, but you know, and then from a standpoint of the makeup of the committee, I think you need people who understand the game. I think that's important. Um, I think you know, so you need people who have a vested interest in baseball, who understand baseball, um, and can kind of dig in on some of the numbers and try to make the right decisions. Is the, is the process perfect? No. Um, I think, you know, we, we've got to take a look at the RPI and how that functions right now and whether we need to make adjustments. You know, several years back, basketball made an adjustment to move from RPI to net because they felt like net was a better representation of, of where we were trying to get to, what we were trying to really dig in and, and get feedback on. So I think it's time to, to take a look at that formula, you know, take a look at the RPI formula itself, and then how much weight does RPI need to carry? Because it felt like this year, you know, it was almost almost 1 through 16. And so I just think we got to continue to tweak it. I think there are ways we can get better, certainly. and uh, But I think there's a lot of good things happening with college baseball. And, and there is a lot of growth happening around the game. So I don't, you know, I don't want to take away from that or deter by making drastic changes like moving to neutral sites. But I do think we've got to continue to tweak the process. All right. The biggest question every fan in Eagle Nation is asking today is where can I get tickets? Apparently, everybody thinks Bob Getty has all the tickets <laughs> yeah. because he has been inundated with text messages today. So update us uh, on the process, please. And explain uh, to him, Jeremy, that Bob Getty does not have all the tickets. <laughs> well, I, Bob, apparently when they couldn't get you, they called me because I've gotten a lot of those same messages. So. Um yeah, so so the way we work through the process, which we always do, is we give our season ticket holders an opportunity to claim their seats. Which which every tournament, you know, we went over to Auburn, same thing. You know, we get as a visiting team, we get a small allotment of tickets, uh, and they give their season ticket holders the opportunity to to claim their tickets and or purchase additionals. And so we do the same thing. We'll give our season ticket holders an opportunity over the next uh, it'd be about another twenty four hours to claim their tickets. And then if we have additionals, then we'll make those available. Um, chances of us having additionals are pretty slim, quite honestly, just because we're starting from a place where we're, the stadium is already sold out. And we've never started from that place before. And so there just isn't going to be a bunch of inventory. Now, uh, we are required by the NCA to uh, provide 600 tickets to the visiting team, which, which we have allotted. And then we also required to provide a small allotment for sale to the general public, which we will do 
uh, at some point over the next 24 hours or so, and we'll put that out there. And so just so everybody kind of is clear on how that works, there are some requirements that we open up some tickets. All right, Jeremy, I've heard athletic directors in regard to football saying that sometimes going to a bowl game is not a profitable situation, but it's an important thing for their athletic department. Are these uh, super regionals, uh, without asking you to reveal anything that you know is confidential, are, are these regionals, uh, super regionals, profitable for the host schools? You know, they're really not. It's similar to the bowl game. Um, and, and the reason, and I'm not, that's not a complaint on my part. I, I'm, I'm going I'm to finish that thought. But they're not necessarily profitable. But what we try to do is get to a place where we can cover our expenses. Mm-hmm. And then there is a revenue share um, with the NCA. We get a smaller portion of that, obviously. And so it's not necessarily a you know, a situation where we're making a ton of profit, but where we are benefiting is from exposure for the university, uh, the economic impact that, that these kinds of tournaments bring to the city. I think those are the real benefits. So the benefit for us is really the competitive advantage, you know, and the opportunity to reward our fans and, and have this tournament played at the peak. Isn't it a reminder, too, to the, to the community of how important this university is financially to the economic health of Hattiesburg? I think it is, you know, and we talk about that a lot, obviously. Uh, I think the projection I got this morning uh, from our folks uh, who do really good work here in the community and, and, and really understanding and knowing from an economic standpoint, standpoint uh, visit Hattiesburg Group is that, you know, we're talking about a, a three and a half to five million dollar impact over just one weekend. And so that's a that's a significant, significant um plus for our community and, and i do think it's a reminder of just how important uh southern miss is to, is to this area jeremy with 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 southern miss the eagles being the lone survivor in in uh in the sunbelt now does does the where does the conference fit into all this financially etc if at all you know there's really not a financial component for the conference it's more of as we've talked about it's really just exposure and and you know an elevation of the brand i think uh I think that's really important. I think when we begin to talk about what the Sun Belt is and what it can be, I think these opportunities um, are really special for the Sun Belt and something that uh, you know the conference will embrace. And uh, we're, we're glad to be that team that's carrying that torch. All right, Jeremy. Again, I want to thank you very much. Uh, whenever there's breaking news, you're always accessible to us, and we want you to understand uh, how much we appreciate that. 30 seconds left. Put into perspective uh, the emotion that you saw out of Scott Berry yesterday afternoon. Uh, well, yeah. So, you know, Scott has obviously everyone knows the story. He's this is going to be his last year. He's announced his retirement, and uh, you know. But what I saw from Scott really was genuine joy for for his guys, and I think that's what makes him um, who he is, and makes that's what makes him special. And that's that's why we're very fortunate to have him leading our program. He was genuinely excited for them to get an opportunity to get back to super and compete, um, you know, for, for an opportunity to go to Omaha. And so, um, and, and, you know, we're, 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 and I feel the same way. And I, I was really thrilled when we got the news about hosting. I was most excited for Scott Berry, his opportunity to come back to the Pete and compete in front of our home crowd. And I know it's going to be a great atmosphere this weekend. Of course, it's a great time to be a Golden Eagle, Jeremy. We appreciate all that you do to, to make us these times so special for all of us. Yeah, appreciate you guys. Thanks for for what you do for Southern Miss. All right, Jeremy McLean, everybody, athletics director at Southern Miss. When we come back, 
We'll give you an example of what we're talking about uh, with Coach Barry. Hang on. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. All right, Super Tuesday on the Super Talk Eagle Hour. I want to thank Jeremy McLean for joining us in the opening segment. Uh, couldn't have a better athletics director or a more accessible guy. We really appreciate that. Uh, Southern Bank Core Studio, that's where we're broadcasting. Kelly and Bob, first segment of that show uh, today was sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. They're big supporters of Southern Miss baseball. You can be sure of that. And uh, big supporters of us, and we appreciate that. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmart, where our favorite lady on the planet works, Miss Kathleen. She's right across the street from the campus. Give her about 24 hours, and she'll have regional tournament champion T-shirts and super regional T-shirts. Don't, don't go anywhere else except uh, Campus Bookmart to buy your Southern Miss swag. All right, so we were we were at the game yesterday. And uh, got a lot of good player interviews we're going to bring you today and tomorrow. But you heard uh, Jeremy refer, well, answer my question about about Scott Berry. So in the presser after the game uh, yesterday, I I relayed to Coach Berry that every player I had talking to after the game said that they were winning for him. Here's what he said about that. Coach Berry, every player that I talked to after the game said this is extra important to them because of you. Well, you know, I'm humbled they say that, but that's not what I want. I want it to be about them. You know, I've been so blessed in my life. And, you know, I've had my share of championships. And, you know, Omaha I've never been to other than as an assistant. It was very special. You know, I think what was special today, we set on 44 wins, and that was Coach Palmer's number. And, uh, you know, I felt it, I really felt like that we could draw strength from that. Didn't mention it to anybody, but, um, you know, knew that that 44 was looking. And, and you know, if you um, if you know him, I know he's smiling up up there. So but, you know, I want it for them. I mean, it's their time. You know, that's that's it's their time. And I want them to to live that. It's pretty magical, you know. Um, you know, anytime you see fours, it's uh, means angels are with you. So they were with us today. I've known the man now for thirteen years, Kelly. I've I've never seen him quite like that yesterday, and it was uh, just quite emotional with everybody involved with the baseball team. Because I don't think anybody, unless you've played baseball at that level, and look, it's it's been a long season, yeah. Right for for a lot of teams, the season was over a month ago, pretty close to a month ago. Um, and it, it wears on you, the, the physical and the emotional toll that it takes on a season like this. And now you're two wins away from being one of the eight best teams in the country, you know, in the last season, you know, your last hurrah as a coach. All right, Dustin Dickerson, no surprise, MVP of the tournament. He was just, he was just remarkable. Uh, here's what Dustin had to say about his tournament play and Scott Berry. Electric Dustin Dickerson on the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Man, what a tournament performance by you. Yeah, uh, you know, I've been playing good ball, and uh, I wasn't ready for our season to be over with, and uh, I turned it up a little, a little notch, and uh, I'm glad we could come out regional champs. Very emotional out on the field, really seeing the ball well. Uh, describe what this week has been like for you this weekend. Uh, yeah, uh, we all expected to be where we are now. We expected to win this, and, you know, Friday was a little hiccup. Uh, we didn't expect to lose that game, and then uh, 
but we we never lost hope after we lost that game. We knew we uh, we had the team that was going to come back and uh, win it all, and uh, that's what we did. Let me ask you the dumb question: A hundred fans have asked me, when did Dustin Dickerson start being a home run hitter? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, getting pitches in my zone and uh, putting a good swing on it, and luckily they're going over the fence. What does this mean for you guys in relationship to Coach Barry? Uh, yeah, it means a lot to me. Uh, known him for a while now, and uh, he's, he means a lot to me. And um, man, it, I, it's basically playing for him. That's what I'm playing for at this point. And. Uh, I hope we got a lot more games left. You're two games, again, away from the World Series. Yeah, like you said, two games away, man. Uh, we know what it felt like last year to be on the other end, and hopefully we can uh, punch that ticket to Omaha. You were fantastic, Dustin. Thank you. Appreciate you. All right, another kid that played a massive role, of course, is Justin Storm. Kelly, you're a baseball guy. Tell me, what what is what has clicked with Justin Storm that he's become so dominating uh, as he has in the last month? I think lots of times, and, and I want to go, if I can just jump back to, to uh, Dickerson for just sure. a second, Bob. Dickerson, when, when you, you probably don't even remember this maybe, but, but back on Super Talk Mississippi, we, we broadcast the World Series. Remember the Dixie Youth World mm-hmm. Series when Laurel mm-hmm. right, hosted right. it? If I could be mistaken, but I think he maybe even played in that Dixie Youth. Was he hitting home runs? Maybe, maybe he didn't. I, I don't yeah. know. But, but Dickerson has never been a big guy. Right, he was. No. He's always been, a, and and really, even now, he's not physically very big. No, but Dickerson is a great story to every little kid out there that doesn't think that they can succeed in sports. All right, baseball especially, you don't have to be the big dude to be able to succeed in baseball. And Dickerson is really coming through. Now, let's switch and talk about the big dude. All Size right. is not his problem. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and some, but sometimes when kids are growing up and they're the big kid. They're, they're almost teddy bear-like because they, they don't want to be criticized for bullying the smaller kids and so on. So sometimes it's kind of ingrained into them to, to be the gentle giants, right? But I think Storm now has just said, you know what? If, if I was like that, the heck with this, man. I'm, I'm going for it. And um, there's a tenacity about him or an edge to him that I saw this weekend that I don't know. Maybe it was just me, but there was just something in his eyes this weekend that I hadn't seen the rest of the no, season. He, gets, again, he was locked in. Yeah, yeah. And so you saw it too. Right, no question. Here's Justin Storm. All right, Justin Storm on the eve of a regional championship. How's it feel, Justin? Awesome, man. It's a great experience. I mean, did it last year and doing it again. It's uh, nothing, nothing, uh, nothing adds up to it. Um, now, we obviously, we just want to do the next step, and that's uh, obviously win a super regional, make it to Omaha. What does this mean for you guys in regard to Coach Barry? Everything. I mean, we, they always, a bunch of people have been saying how, how we want to send him out the right way, and I think we're, we're taking steps to do that. Um, it's just a matter of competing at that next uh, in that super regional um, and you know just just playing our best ball what happens to you in these postseason games you come on and you just you put a storm on the opposers I don't know I don't know I just love to compete um, and coach Oz gives me the opportunity lets me go out there and you know and if I'm feeling good he's sticking with me and you know let me let me hold the ball so that's all I can ask for is the opportunity your performance should be described yesterday as overwhelming Overwhelmed. Wow. Thank you. Uh, I mean, it, it was a lot of fun. That's all I could say. I mean, that's that's a good team over there, and they showed that all regional and all season. Um, but props to them. Um, they battled hard, and they played. Good, they had a really good weekend this weekend. Um, but thankfully, we came out on top today. You're the best, young man. We love you. Thank you very much. 
Uh, he's he's what you just said. When you talk to him, he's a real gentle, mild kid. But a demeanor seemed to have taken him over the last few times he's gone into pitching big games. And I, and I think one thing that our society has has missed over the past ten to fifteen years is that competition is not a four letter word. No, it's a good right? thing. It is a good thing. All right, and yes, you're not going to win them all the time. You're not going to win every time you go out there. But competition makes you better. Right. And there's nothing wrong with coming up on the short end of the stick every once in a while. Go out there, compete, give it your it's fun to compete. And you can tell that these guys are enjoying it. And so when they go out there Saturday at two o'clock in game one of this best of three game series, they're going to be playing a Tennessee team that was just barely above 500 in their conference, you know, which had some good teams, but also had some some weaker teams. Look, Ole Miss last year. When they came to Baseburg. Scorching hot. They really were. Tennessee is is not, at least right now, the team that Ole Miss was at this Super Regional. Right. And the Eagles, on the other hand, I would argue, are clicking on all cylinders. I really feel good about the Eagles' chances this weekend. Game one scheduled for Saturday, That's 2 good. o'clock at P. Taylor Park. And no, I do not have any tickets. Uh, the Auburn <laughs> Regional All-Tournament team, uh, from USM's perspective, Tanner Hall, of course, Rodrigo Montenegro, we'll talk more about him later in the show. He, he's just awesome. Uh, Nick Monaster, a superstar in the making. Danny Lynch, the rock star of the team. Dustin Dickerson, MVP of the tournament, and deservedly so. And Carson Pato, who we'll be talking. Uh, we, we have some interviews uh, with Carson Pato, uh, with Reese Ewing, and Coach Oz still to come. We may get to them today, or we may hold them for tomorrow. Uh, but we're going to give you some uh, some thoughts from these people that you're just not going to get anywhere else. And this is this is the play, this is why it's called the Eagle Hour. We're going to focus right. on the Eagles. Now, to be balanced and fair, we wanted to get a viewpoint from the team that will be losing the regional, and that, of course, uh, the Super Regional, and that, of course, is Tennessee. Uh, there's a kid by the name of Turner Swistak that is a local kid, played at Oak Grove, played at uh, Pearl River Community College, actually played with uh, Reese Ewing and uh, – Tate Parker. Tate Parker, who, by the way, we've got to talk about him later, too. He was magnificent. Uh, and we're going to be talking to him in just a moment and see what he thinks about facing his former junior college teammates. Tennessee. Yeah, he's – there you go. Is it as big to the players as it is to the fans? Probably not, right? It's it's another game, but that's that team in the way to clear that hurdle of what your goal is, and that's to win the Natty or at least go to Omaha – with a chance to win the Natty. And, of course, he won a Natty at Pearl River along with some of these other guys. So it'll be fun to talk to Turner Swistak on the other side of the break. All right, so the Eagle Hour rolls along. Super Tuesday, the Super Regional coming back to the peak. We'll be right back.
Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, welcome back to the Super Talk Eagle Hour. This segment sponsored by D1 and DBAT. Great place uh, to take your kids for baseball, softball training. If you're an adult, great place to go for athletic training of every sort. Also, want to thank our good buddies at 4th Street Bar and Grill. We thank the world of Slade and the gang. They're right there in the shadow of the rock. And I'll guarantee you, uh, if you can't get in the tournament this weekend, they'll have the games on TV. Kelly Sander does have numerous tickets available, and we will be posting his cell phone oh, number great. at the end of the show. <laughs> great, Bob. Thanks a lot. Yeah. <laughs> no, for the record, I have yeah. no tickets this weekend. In, in case you haven't heard, Tennessee's coming to town this weekend. Yes. Have you heard that? I have heard that, as a matter Two of fact. Two o'clock, I think. And really, that, baseball game that color of orange does not look good on me at all. No, it would be like a yeah, it would be like a tree, like an orange tree. Yes. No, 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 no offense, of course, Kelly. People ask me all the time, does does Kelly get mad at you? I said no. We we've known each other far too long for us to get mad we, about we have at one another. Compromising photographs on each other. <laughs> Speak for yourself, okay? Speak for yourself. Of course, Southern Miss has a great Pearl River Community College connection presently on the roster. Uh, Tate Parker, Graham Crawford. Uh, Reese Ewing, who's been a standout player. And we just talked about the incredible weekend performance of uh, of Tate Parker. And we think Graham Crawford will definitely compete for the starting catching job uh, next year for the Golden Eagles. Well, there's another young man uh, from Pearl River Community College, also from Oak Grove High School. His name is Turner Swistack, and Turner plays for Tennessee, who you, who you may have heard is coming to town this yes, weekend. Yes. And so we asked Turner to come on the show. We wanted to get his perspective, his thoughts about uh, about his teammates, you know, former teammates, how well they're doing here, and the fact that the team, uh, and he's going to explain, there's a lot of family connection there, coming to the Pete. So, uh, Turner, welcome to the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. Well, we're glad to have you. So you, you played baseball with Tate Parker and Graham Crawford, uh, and you guys were pretty good down there, uh, weren't you, Turner? Yeah, we, we weren't we weren't too bad, if, if I don't say. Yeah. Uh, a national championships, not pretty, bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, not 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 at all. Definitely definitely proud of that one. Tell us about Tate Parker, Graham Crawford, and your relationship with those kids. Um, I couldn't be any better. But both of those guys are two of just all around. They're they're, great, they're both great people. Obviously, you know, Tate, Tate's a new father, and you know, having the you know watching him take on that responsibility as well as having the year he did last year. I mean. You can't respect the guy anymore, Ford. And, and the same goes for Graham. I mean, both of those both of those guys are two of the hardest working guys I've ever met. And um, you know, and like I said, our, our our connection, our relationship. I still talk to those guys on on a, on a regular weekly basis. So um, no, th- those two are definitely um guys I have tons of respect for. And you know, miss my time at Pearl River with them. Right now, now tell us. Uh, you were explaining to us off air your family's connections uh, to the University of Tennessee. But how how did the road lead you from Oak Grove, Pearl River? To uh, University of Tennessee. Yeah, so um, so I guess we can start high school. Um, so going into my junior year of high school, I committed and signed with Southeastern Louisiana. Um, it was my best Division One opportunity at the time, and, and I made it a point going into my senior year. I wanted to be signed in the early signing period and not have to worry about recruiting going into my senior or for my senior season at least. Um, so did that, signed with them, and then um, going into my senior season, um, you know, worked my tail off, got, got on a, a professional pitching and weightlifting program, and, um, you know, came out in the beginning of the spring and was, didn't hit 95. Um, and and that, I, I was, you know, before that, the highest I'd ever topped that was maybe 91. So um, that, was, that was a big shock to me, seeing that number pop up on radar guns and, um, 
and even a more surprise than that, I started having professional teams, um, you know, professional teams start to call me and um, show their interest. And then, obviously, um, year 2021, one we'll never forget, um, COVID shut our season down. So we played 12 games, um, you know, played, played well in those 12 games, but, but unfortunately it got shut down the way it did. And, um, you know, at the time, I, I kind of had to take a step back and, you know, where I was and where I felt like I was as a player, I, in a way, felt like the improvements and the jump I made from junior to senior year, I, I kind of felt like I wanted to give myself another chance at the recruiting process. Um, and at the time, like I said, I was already signed, so I couldn't just switch and go to Mississippi State or Ole Miss or Tennessee or any other school I wanted to go to. So I had to go JUCO. Um, and, you know, I thought about it, and I know there's a bunch of really, really strong Division One junior colleges in Florida, and you can look at Chipola, and, and really across the country. And, and I looked into a few of those, but – but, but then, you know, looking at Pearl River, one thirty, forty five minutes from my house, they just went to the World Series and they were sending guys off to SEC schools every single year. Um, you know, so once you know, prayed prayed a lot about it, thought about it, talked to my family a lot and you know, I just I decided to stay home and and it's it's it was the best decision I ever made. Don't regret it one bit. Um, like I said, met some of my best friends that'll be my best friends for the rest of my life and um and got got to leave a national championship which is pretty as a national champion, which is pretty freaking cool. Um, and then also it, it, it was able to propel me to, you know, be able to play baseball at the University of Tennessee. Yeah. Now you, you were born in, you were born in Tennessee, lived there till the age of three. Tennessee was on you pretty doggone quickly, Turner Swistak at, at Pearl River. Yes. Yeah. So, um, so I, I remember the beginning of the fall, um, Avalon meets with all the sophomores and he asked, where do you want to go? And, and I remember, um, you know, whole families from Tennessee have always had a deep connection to the state and I've always wanted to get back to the state too. That's another thing. Um, and also at the time, Tennessee was arguably the number one program in the country. Um, and so when he asked me that, that, the only thing I said was Tennessee. And he looked at me and was like, that is the only place you want to go. And I was like, you know, obviously I'll take, you know, I'll, I'll be interested if, you know, some other good schools, you know, contact me, but Tennessee is where I want to go. So he was like, you know what, I, I don't know anybody there, but I, I'll see what I can do, see if I can get in touch. And I remember about two or three weeks later, I'm driving back to campus um, after being home on the weekend, and Avalon calls me, and he's like, hey, man, I just wanted to um, let you know to be expecting a call from, from the guys in Tennessee here in the next 24 hours. Um, so, so they called me, um, told me they were going to come watch me, said they were interested, and um, Josh Elander, the, 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 our associate head coach there, came and watched me pitch at Southern Miss, uh, first outing of the fall, doing his Meridian, threw well, um, Velo was good, Frank Anderson, pitching coach there, watched me on a live stream, I pitched in San Jack at um, Lafayette, and then Elander came back down one more time in the fall. It was actually our last fall game. I threw against Jones um, up in Jackson, threw well again. And after that, they pulled the trigger, and I committed on spot. Turner Swistak is with us. Uh, he took a medical red shirt at Tennessee this year. But the Vols coming to town this weekend. Turner, when you heard this morning that the Vols were headed to Hattiesburg, uh, what, what was your reaction? I, jealous. Jealous that I'm not there. Um, one with the team and two, two just home. I think it would be really cool to um, – you know, show, show, show the guys around, you know, where I grew up and, you know, give them a little taste of Southern Mississippi. Yeah. Southern Miss wouldn't be a bad place to play. Transfer portal. Oh, that's uh, that's two words, Turner, you could uh, keep in your vocabulary. Transfer portal. Now, Bob, you're not going to get uh, it. I'll have to keep and remember. Yeah, you're not going to get in trouble for tampering, are you, Bob? No, for... I'm playing, of course. <laughs> All right. Uh, I tell you what, you're, you're a great guy to kind of give our listening audience around the state the kind of a first preview of the baseball team that's coming in here this weekend. So tell us what you can okay. uh, share with us about uh, this fall baseball team. Um, I, I think we just clicked. Uh, I, if I can say that, early in the year, um, 
obviously we had a ton of guys on the pitching staff come back, a lot of old, mature guys. Um, so that was never really a question mark. But if you look at our lineup, only two guys that are in the lineup this year got at bats last year, and they were both freshmen, Blake Burke and Christian Moore, and they alternated at uh, DH depending on if a righty or lefty was throwing. So neither one of them played the field, like I said, split at bats at DH, and those are the only two returning guys. Obviously, we went and got a few good guys from the transfer portal. Uh, Mal Yahuna at shortstop, Griffin Merritt in the outfield, Zane Benton at third. Um, and there's also been other guys step up as well. Um, junior college transfer at catcher Cal, St- uh, Cal Stark, um, who ended up winning the, the starting job about mid, middle, past midway through the year. Um, but like I was saying, with, with, when you put nine new guys on the field that have never played together, it just takes time for, for the team like that to gel. And at first it showed. Um, we, we started off well. You know, we were playing some teams that we were supposed to beat, but then once we got um, into SEC play, we really even saw it in Arizona when we went up there and played Grand Canyon, played Arizona, played solid teams. And I, I think we got a, a taste early that we weren't as good as we thought we were going to be because obviously coming off of last year, the expectation and the standards high, um, very, very high. So, and, and that's what we expected to live up to. And, you know, kind of got punched in the face early in, early in SEC play and early in the year, but. I mean, I think right now we're, we're playing our, our best baseball. I'll, I'll say that. The pitching staff is – we finally found the guys where we need them in the pitching staff. The lineup's finally starting to really, really come together. And, you know, we're playing really good baseball right now. Well, Tur- Turner, I, uh, I love you, but I hate it for your team that you're playing your best baseball right now because it's fitting to come to an end, bro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, we'll see. We shall see. It, it should be quite a matchup, don't you think? It, it, I really do think it's going to be an, an epic one for sure. All right, real quickly, about 30 seconds left. Uh, you're not with the Vols right now. Where are you, Turner? What are you doing? I am playing in the Appy League in Elizabethton, Tennessee. Um, I guess I guess that, I guess said earlier, I'm actually about to go um, head to the field after this interview. I've got my first start tonight. All right, well, young man, we appreciate you coming on short notice, and it gave us an interesting, I think, insight uh, into the opponent coming here this weekend. And uh, we wish you nothing but the best and hope you have a good summer league. Yes, sir. I appreciate, uh, appreciate you all for having me on. Okay, Turner Swiss, Swiss Stack from Oak Grove and Pearl River Community College. These kids are all the same. I, I met kids in the in the conference tournament from uh, App State, from Troy, from Georgia State. They're all the same. They're just articulate, really nice kids. The kids are great. The fans from App State, you're not a big fan of. I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of App State, though. <laughs> all right, we'll be right back. <laughs> Southern Miss to the top. All right, we want to thank Mo Bay Beignet Company, the official beignet store of the Super Talk Eagle Hour. And actually, Kelly, I could use a good coffee from Mo Bay Beignet right now. It's been a long 24 hours. They've got different flavors, you know, that you can right. choose from, and they don't even have to be hot coffee. Now, see, I never do cold. Do you do cold coffee? Uh, no, I want, I, my, I want my coffee hot. No, me too. Me too. But they've got, I guess, the young people. Like some, my wife. Some, 
Well, now that's <laughs> look. This isn't this is a, a you know family show, Bob. We'd, but I I like coffee warm too. But I guess younger people like iced coffees and things like no, that. But they like a lot of weird stuff. Yeah, really. we yeah. both know that. But they've got it at Mobe. Yeah, they've yeah, got it. However you like it. You know, you heard Turner uh, Swistak talk about uh, Tate Parker. I want to talk to you for just a minute about Tate Parker, uh, a kid that kind of rode the pines. Gets his number called, comes in, dynamite. Isn't that the kind of kid coaches really strive to put on their rosters? And and he well, he was nursing that back injury, you know, a little oh, bit. Oh yeah, no question. And and I think a lot of people thought that Tate with Reese Ewing, the two Pearl River guys, were going to be, you know, depending on who was pitching. All right, Parker would go against the lefties, and Ewing would go against the writings, the righties. But you saw that that. Uh, that Parker this weekend, you know, went against righties and was just as effective. Um, Dude, he was smacking the ball. He's got such quick hands, you know, and and when you look at him too, he's he's not necessarily built. Um, no, he's a small guy. Yeah, but man, he can fly in the outfield. And the element that a guy that's rested like Parker is too, like a lot of these guys, you, know, you get tired after a while. But man, mm-hmm. he's fresh and ready to go. And and you mentioned him earlier, but. And everybody talks about Storm and, and certainly deserving of all the – and Tanner Hall. But all Montenegro has done is gone out there and done his job, and very few people have even talked about what, yeah, what I, he's I, meant. I, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, at one point yesterday, he was three for three. I think he's batting over 400. He is the preferred catcher, apparently, for Tanner Hall. He's a team player. He's got a wonderful family that supports the – program in ways that would be hard to describe if you didn't know them Uh, he's a crowd favorite and he's just one heck of a baseball player where's the easy out one through nine in that batting order now for southern right now there is an easy out kelly i mean he's the number nine hole hitter and batting 400 well and then you got then you go oh well number eight well that's what pato's batting eighth or at least has been pato's batting eight. i mean carson pato i mean He's probably the most athletic player on the whole team. Yeah, I mean, it's just things. This things might be lining up, you know, for, for the Eagles. Uh, but I'm what, just when, almost afraid to think about it. But when you talk, you know, Turner Swistak was talking about if if he had to name a strength of the Tennessee team, it's the uh, you know I I got kind of a chuckle when he said, "Yeah, man, we got some old pitchers. They're 23 years old." <laughs> yeah. Well, that you know that in a lot of ways is the strength of the Southern Miss team. This is an experienced offensive lineup. Now the pitching staff is pretty young, but the the offensive uh, lineup is a, is an experienced bunch of guys, and uh, it shows, man. I mean, it really shows. And you know, Kelly, not only Southern Miss but other schools, you're really seeing the effect of the COVID year now. All of these guys would be gone under normal circumstance, not only here, but on a, on a lot of schools that I've been watching over the last few weeks. But, boy, they've had an impact on college baseball. And the, the beneficiaries of it have been the junior colleges because kids, you know, wanting to, to come right out of high school and sign D1, well, they don't want to sit there and wait three years before they get to start. So they're going to the junior colleges and getting to start right away. And then the D1 schools who need them for a specific need come and get them right away. And then they step into that starting role. So things will start to unclog, if you will, here in the next year or two. And we'll get back to what we knew as normal, you know, five or six years ago. Still to come this week, we've got uh, an extensive interview with uh, Coach Ostrander right after the game ended yesterday, along with Carson Pato and Reese and we'll be bringing that to you tomorrow. But let me tell you this, Kelly. 
Guess who was the biggest cheerleader there yesterday? It may surprise you. He coaches another sport, but you wouldn't know it. Could it be Will Hall? It could be Will Hall. <laughs> well, I was going to say you'd have to, Joe Paul was was pretty active over there too. The the was, university president. You know, one of the first people I run into on the field after the game, Will Hall. And you know, I'm thinking to myself, well, we'll be doing this in the fall when Southern Miss wins the conference championship football game. Well, you know, his his long lost brother Phil Hall has told his brother Is he ever coming back. Yeah, but he's well, he tells his brother Will to lay off the, the, the caffeinated coffee. He's been trying to tell him to get on the decaf, but I don't know. That. I don't think it worked. Uh, 30 <laughs> seconds left. I, I'm going to commend my buddy here. He took a lot of heat at the start of the year when he said this could be as talented a pitching staff as the one we had last year. I heard this 100 times. Tell Sander he's insane. Tell Sander he's crazy. Voila. Well, I, I mean, they had the skill set to do it. I mean, whether, you know, the, re- done it. the rest you have to, you know, put in the hands of the coaches and, and they've developed them and, and only greater things to come, you know, for this pitching staff. Young if, pitching staff. If they'll hang around. Yeah, right. that that's if the big question around. now with transfer portal and the, the draft and all that kind of stuff. You just keep your fingers crossed. But uh, Saturday at two, next game up, the Volunteers. Lots more baseball to come your way on the Eagle Hour, and we have confirmed we will be at Pete Taylor Park Friday, of course, uh, and we'll probably be there Saturday at 2. What, what's happening? Uh, I, th- I hear there's a Super Regional at the Pete this Saturday. <laughs> Southern Myth. To the top. I'm slipping, slipping, slipping into the Talk Mississippi Media Production.